it's a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only podcast about comic book author extraordinaire Brian K. Vaughn, hosted by me, Spencer. And me, Logan. Where every week we break down Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' series Saga, issue by issue. Um, But every six weeks or so, we take a graphic novel break. So once you've gotten through a graphic novel volume of Saga, we take a break and a pause and do something different. We do Brian K. Vaughn, but some other series. We try to do a whole collection and not do like single issues in between graphic novels of Saga to like really pad out our podcast. uh, Because not enough of y'all are listening to do that. Um, But we are trying to do... (laughs) Tell more people to listen. Yes. Yeah. T- tell more people to listen. We'll break down every single issue uh, of everything he's ever done. But at this point, we're taking a quick pause to like an 80 year podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to have something to do with the rest of our lives, Logan. Um, so we're talking about Doctor Strange, The Oath um, with uh, artist Marcos Martin, who did Private Eye, which we talked about at our last break. Yep. Um, but Logan, tell people, why did we pick Doctor Strange, The Oath? Because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is out in five weeks. Am I right? Five yes. weeks? Yes. Okay. So we could have waited, as you pointed out, in our first recording, because I definitely didn't hit record. Uh, and we are in person, so technical issues will abound, I am sure. But hopefully... You'd think that would lessen the technical issues. You would think so. But now I keep like glancing, like, is it still recording? <laughs> but the problem wasn't that it stopped. I just didn't press record last time as we got eight minutes into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan looks and annoyed. I've, but I've already spoiled the fact that I didn't love this book. Well, that's okay. <laughs> to <I'm>, you. <laughs> I, so, yeah. So, okay. So, our setup this week is instead of going issue by issue and kind of flipping through like we do a saga, or excuse me, page by page like we do a saga, we're just going to talk about the whole book and maybe any high points we want to. I have some questions for Logan. I asked, I originally planned to let Logan be in charge of this podcast. I asked his permission in our original recording, which you'll never hear because it doesn't exist. If I could ask him some questions and sort of lead the conversation, he agreed, and he has a question for me at some point. So I want to go first this time. Since, oh, so, flipping the script. I earned yeah. it because I didn't hit the button, so I'm down. Because it's, it's a stupid question. Okay. So we're in Spencer's uh, office slash, I, what do you call this? I call it my garage. Okay. But it's not a garage. Yeah, I turned it's, my garage into a home theater and an office. And man cave is such a, like... I hate the man cave yeah. thing because my wife hangs out here. My kid, hang, like last night, me, you, I, I said we're in person. Did I say we're yeah. in person? Okay, yeah. So last night, Logan got here yesterday, and we all just like hung out as a family unit in the garage. Um, and it helps. We can be like loud. It doesn't wake up the kids. And it doesn't like anyway. So, yeah, it's all things. Yeah. So it, it's just like a cave, but not in a bad sense. Yeah. But uh, so Spencer has a big screen, like a projector. Mm-hmm. Why are you not projecting the comic books? Like, I know you do the physical thing, but like. So I've actually tried that before. I did like, it might surprise. Like, I have actually right. tried it. Here's the problem. My eyesight and the letters on the white, it's still like reading a book at a distance. The text doesn't actually get easier to read. Okay. The pictures are cool. It is cool to see the art right. big, but the text is still kind of funky with my eyes. Now, I am upgrading my projector this year, and I'll test it out again, but I think there might be a significant difference in the projection if it's 4K and full resolution as opposed – like, have you ever seen something really big and it gets sort of, like, boxy pixelated? Yeah. It kind of has that with this projector, and so it's a great projector, but text is is the one thing, like, it always – like, a logo pops up for a movie, and I'm like, that doesn't look as good as it could. Everything else looks great, but for whatever reason. Okay. So it's more to do with my eyesight. I have glasses, and my prescription's also old, and it almost is always old. <laughs> and so it's – anyway, that's why I don't do that. So, that's good, that's good yeah, question. because I gave you my Marvel login, right? Yes. Okay, so, yep. I mean, it would just work for the Marvel books. But with that, you can do the, like – not a page at a time, but the you do panel. the yeah panels and stuff, and those kind of blown. Like it just seems like a really cool way to like sit and. I will try it again doing by a panel, panel by panel. That's a good idea because I was thinking of doing it the uh, the way I've read. Like I get like the humble bundle PDFs, and yeah. so I was kind of thinking about it that way. Where it's but doing it panel by panel could be pretty cool. I also, but I don't like to read that way. Well, yeah. So it's like a back and forth, but I'll check it out. So, I'll report back. Yeah. It's also I have to like plug things up differently. 
Lazy. So laziness is the. Do you see? I could die if I took a left turn the wrong way. I could choke myself on all I the mean, cables. I mean, half the cords are mine because of the recording equipment. That's true. That's so. true. But yeah, no, I'll try it out at some point. I think maybe the new projector is going to be the time because it's got a Bluetooth thing. I can just sync stuff yeah. up a little bit okay. easier. Yeah. Um, and so and wireless because I know Bluetooth is audio, not visual. But you know what I'm saying. It's all right. Anyway, yeah. good question. Yeah, 150 Damn. inch uh, wide. I was just sitting. Diagonal. I was like, we could have the the panels projected while we talk about it you know Logan, that would this would be have been great for you to tell me like five days ago so i could have like practiced and got the ipad hooked up and like not right now i didn't think about it till like literally we sat down this is an idea like, so good that not telling me earlier is as bad as me not pressing record t- <laughs> 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair um, like, what did you think about this page click <laughs> All right, let's jump into the book. So, okay, so the, the question was, which you have already said, was what did you think of the book? Um, and I, just to spoil it, you, you weren't as big on this as I, I, I thought you might be just because we've been so high on all Vaughn. Right. But you were talking about around the time I realized, because it was such a good comment, I was like, we better be recording this when I looked. Um, but you were talking. <laughs> oh, we're still recording, right? <laughs> Yes, six minutes, eight seconds, nine seconds. I'm just going to ask every few minutes we're recording, right? That's the running joke. Um, Okay, so you were talking, though, about how you had issues with the depiction of Wong. You know it was a callback. Talk to me about that again. Okay, so throughout the entire book, Wong is very like, he's my master. He's my master. And it's coming from a place of old school Doctor Strange, and which is kind of throwback to like old like 50s vague sci-fi-ish kind of mystical movies Mm -hmm. um and and that whole western idea of mysticism yeah and it just feels so outdated now yeah and even if it's accurate it feels outdated now so every time he was like but that's my master i have to do whatever i have to do to help him I was like, I just really wish they had gone in a different direction with this. <laughs> I think there's a moment, and so I should say spoiler alert for the whole book at this point. So if, you, if you're here because you want to hear about the book and you're going to read it, go read it because we're going to spoil it. Um, or just hang out and give us a five-star review and we'll forgive all sins. It is a good read. It just that every time that happened, it threw me. There is um, an attempt at a payoff towards the end where there's a moment where Doctor Strange... And the the villain, uh, the villain takes his magic away for like three minutes, right? And then he goes, "But what you don't know essentially is that Wong is also my master." And he, and then they have to have like a fisticuffs fight. Yeah. And I think that's meant to be the reverse payoff. But I but the I did notice because I noticed the master stuff because it's sort of every year we progress forward you can look back and go oh that doesn't work right so i had moments where i was like man like i get why this throwback works when this comes out potentially i actually don't know because i didn't read this when it came out um but it does like i it stands out as like wow this is dated wow this is dated every time this happens yeah um and there's even sort of some romantic stuff with Night Nurse that I actually really liked. I was like, I would like to hit, see them on a date, you know? Yeah. But I could see, like, the fact that they're having to do this is also kind of a throwback, the way it's, like, cheeky and romantic throughout. But it, it, feels, some, it feels like something from a 50s movie. Yes, and it totally – and so it works in that vein, but in the modern lens, it's like – it works, but also. Right. And so when he gets to the reverse of, but Wong is my master, there was a level of like, I told, like, I feel this move as a response to what's happened, but because I feel it as a response to what's been depicted, that also makes it work a little less. Yeah. It also makes it like, but then I go, but then because it doesn't work perfectly, I investigate it mentally. And I'm like, so the Asian guy, the one thing he was good for, for you is to teach you Kung Fu. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so it's. Uh, I, I, I see the attempt, and I don't think it's totally successful in the Wong master and the uh, master, Strange's master to Wong relationship slash Wong's master to Strange. It doesn't fully work, and I, I totally agree. Mostly because the reverse when it happens is like it's distracting. It's not a punchline, or it's right. not a pull the rug out honestly i think it's distracting because they spent five issues 
trying to tell you that, like, hey, if you don't know, Doctor Strange is Wong's master. Like, we didn't need so much of that. Yeah. One or two instances would have been enough. Yeah. And I think that there's, like, a level of the word partner could have been used. And, and like, you can establish he's my master, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think they could have, there's some language choices that could have been changed, which would not have matched up with the earlier depictions of that relationship, but would have made it so you're not negating that, but they're, they're teammates, they're partners, like there's, they're companions. They're like companion is a great old school word yes. that would have worked in lieu of master after you've just defined it one time, like, Hey, we know what they are right. in the old school, but we're, but my my he's my best friend like that would have been because they kind that is the relationship in a lot of ways in the book and and so yeah it's it's funky but i will also say i should caveat this with i have very minimal doctor strange reading experience and so maybe someone who has a strong connection to the character in the book it doesn't even phase them because it's just been such a part of the lore for so long yeah i don't know do you have much not a ton yeah uh strange as a uh teammate to other like in avengers books and defenders books and yes but strange solo not so much especially not what they're aiming for the the like late 60s early 70s strange not really at all i mean i know enough to recognize that this is they're trying to ape stanley and steve ditko yeah like that's what they're and not in a like We'll just do it just like them, but in a in a homage kind of way. Like we're gonna make that old school tale, and you know, there there's it's funny. You know, one the other thing before I get to my second question is the end of issue two, because he does the thing he does in Saga where we end on these big splash yeah, pages. Every, yeah, every time. And so there's this image that I'm holding up to you. That's um, what's the bad guy's name? Is it Brigand? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Brigand. So Brigand is holding up Hitler's gun to the night nurse yeah and it's like it's very old school and like the framing and the way the bodies are built but it also feels like frank quietly like making yes like playing on that yeah and i love i do you know that i think you know i love yeah. quietly's work i love his work it's so it's so human but not yeah it's it alien has this alien almost. quality yeah. but it's, it's so relatable god I, I just love it the the new x-men stuff but i have like the book that it's very it's a very funny cover that's you can get this book at like places like ollie's for like two dollars but it's like quietly's dc work and it's got yeah. like robin spread eagle on the front yeah. thing and and but but like i just love flipping through and looking at his work but it's got a very quietly married with this old school comic visual sense to it that is fun it's pulpy and i enjoy looking at it in that sense I don't not to compare, but I don't like the work here nearly as much as I do in Private Eye, where I think the marriage of Martin's art with the the kind of noir tinged futurist visual works just so much better it for me, and because it, it it just seems like a perfect marriage. I think the attempt here is fun to look at, but doesn't work as consistently. Where I'm I. I am distracted by the work more than I am immersed in it. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, oh, that's yeah. interesting looking, but I'm not going, I'm not looking back and going mind blown. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think we are going to overall be somewhere in the cool judgment right. of the book. So that's okay. So that's the stage is set. That's our first question is what'd you think of the book? And we have a sense. I, 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 I think I'm in a similar place if we had like on a one to 10 schedule schedule one to 10 range, we'd be somewhere in the same number. Um, but, but I think I enjoyed, I don't I don't know the, this is the other fun distraction is our phones can light up and we yes. can see it. Um, so, uh, but I, I think that we, I don't know. I feel like it sounds like I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I also was distracted by other so, things. So I, Things I did like, uh, mm-hmm. just theme-wise, are th- this idea of the oath. Yep. That that's kind of spread across, really every character that you touch. Wong's oath to Strange, Strange Night Nurse's oath to all of the superheroes in the city. 
Strange's oath, both as a doctor and a mystic and as a friend. Yep. And then you get to uh, the really few two bad guys yep. throughout the whole series. Uh, one who kind of just has no scruples. Right. And one who also took an oath and is a bad guy by default almost well, i would almost argue so brigand takes an oath to steal the thing and he lets in the no scruples comes in the i will get the thing i was told and it won't matter right because we start with like strange has been shot and like you weren't told to shoot strange you're you know? right he does he does he, like he took the job and he's yep. going to finish the job if he has to kill yeah every single person he comes across no yes. matter like i'm going to kill a doctor who has nothing to do with this yeah. just because like it's going to distract you for 10 minutes. And I think so. our, our main villain is because he failed his Hippocratic oath in his mind. I did not. He's the guy who operated on Strange's hand. So if you've, if you're not extremely familiar with Dr. Strange, maybe you've seen the Marvel movies. So you have the basic concept that he gets in a car accident. He was this amazing surgeon and he gets in this car accident and it, and it destroys his hands and no amount of surgery could fix him. And he never can be that artist with a scalpel ever again. He just can't do it. Uh, one of my favorite details in the movies is the times you can actually see his scars. Yes. It's such a good like horror movie thing. It's great in the first movie. It's not as, it's there, but it's not as like prevalent or, or to the fore in the Avengers kind of crossover yeah. stuff. I hope in Multiverse of Madness we get a really cool Sam Raimi like gross yeah. scar shot. Um, he but, loves those that body yeah. horror stuff. It's just so. like have him like writing a letter, but it's no gloves on or something. Yeah. It would be so cool. Um, anyway, um, and so this is the Doctor though in the in the world that operated on him and unsuc and was not successful. Could not save his hands and Strange blames him like this is not the accident's fault it is your fault so it's like our bad guy is a guy who failed at his oath like his oath he couldn't live up to it not by choice but he feels he couldn't and it corrupts him the idea well, that he couldn't keep it and on a level of like strange was a brilliant surgeon even though he was an asshole yeah um so by failing to save this guy i then failed to save every person that this guy could save yeah and what that does to you and like just the whole idea of like the separation of what makes you good and what makes you bad like mm -hmm. this guy seems like a noble dude doing bad things strange is an asshole doing noble things yeah so it like it all of that i love yeah. just every time one was like master i was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair um okay yeah no I'm, I'm with you i i i liked all that stuff too in talking about it i like the oath the layers of that even more um i really liked the inclusion of night nurse and how she was used i really there's a his girl friday thing about the yes. two of them that like i i don't i don't know if i just said this or i said it in our last recording that died or didn't exist um but i really would love to see like another series that's like six months later and they're like going on dates together like i, I would yeah. just can't we don't do very many romance comics can i get like a romance comic with them like courting each other i mean it'd be great it'd be so fun and so in reading the nightmare stuff i kept thinking like this is a character that would would love to see a marvel series about you just you can't call her the night nurse because yeah. it sounds like it sounds. And it's a, <laughs> so. there's a good joke in the book where they point that out. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so I liked her. I liked, um, I liked the idea that, that, that there's this serum, this mystical serum that could cure everything everywhere. And I kind of the poking at big pharma and like, you know, it, they, that's, it goes uh, against their interests. So and, uh, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. Did you get the reference to like the the pharmaceutical the company that they're kind of like going? Not a like, specific. No, I did. So it's timely. It's timely. Yeah. So that that's where Marvel started was timely comics. Okay. Okay. Like, and it feels like such a like not a dig at that, but a throwback to that. Right. Like we know where we're coming from with this. Yeah. So like, I I love that. Every time they were like timely, I'm like that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say one thing before I get too far past the night nurse thing. I am aware that uh, uh, Rosario Dawson's character in Daredevil was like that. Technically, kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not who this character is. No. So. No. Um, okay, cool. So, okay, gotcha. So, my, I think my, so my next question that I have for you is, 
Um, we have seen now in Saga with Marco's dad, and now with this story with um, Wong, who has a, a terminal diagnosis brain cancer tumor situation, um, this sort of terminal thread in Vaughn's work. I, I would love to know where it comes from. Yeah, I'm very invested in like having that conversation one day. So again, we, we often say that if you want this podcast to end, get Brian K. Vaughn on it, and then we'll be like, that's our last episode, folks. We did it. But I think one of my questions would be, talk to me about cancer and and in your life. <laughs> my screen just blacked out and I thought our whole recording ended, but it didn't. Um, but, but, um, but I would like to ask Vaughn, like what, what's, what's happened? Where is this coming from? What, are, what are you speaking to? What are you exploring when you, cause this seems to be a thread and I now can't remember other books. I know there's stuff in why the last man about the medical science and, and things being in like effective. Well, there's a breast cancer thread in why the last man, right? Correct. Oh, I, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've read it. So I don't, with, I don't remember. Uh, I want to say something to do with his sister. It sounds familiar. Cause in my mind, I know there's something in it, but it's been right. so long. So that's something when we get there, I want to look at and talk about, but, it, but it seems to be this thread, but, but here's what I want to kind of throw your way is that y- our friendship in a lot of ways is defined by this moment of cancer sort of taking over your life. Right. And it's very funny to me that I'm now feeling like we picked, I'm going to be crass, but we picked the cancer guy to, <laughs> to do a whole podcast about. And it was your idea. And it was my idea. <laughs> and And it was my idea. And so my thing is, I want to know when you read this book, did you think about what did you think about cancer? Did it come like did your life come into this? What did you think? Um kind of sort of I it felt very like wishful thinking. Like mm-hmm. yes, if only were there were this miracle cure yeah. that like somehow we could just discover, yeah. you know. And part of me was like, yeah, that sounds wonderful, but the other part of me was like it's just such a like such an easy fix for such a complicated problem Mm -hmm. that like cancer sounds like one thing, but it's not, it's a hundred different things more than that really that can present in any number of ways. So this whole idea of like being a like singular cure for it just, it felt easy to me, which is another, you know, thing I didn't love about the book, you know? So, so I will, I will, Take your thoughts. I appreciate them. But I'll also say, isn't that like what comic books do? Yeah. Like that's like, like, but like in a good way. Like, isn't that why we like dream through them? But like, I don't know that I'm ever going to live through an alien invasion. So the easy solve of an alien invasion seems like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that would work. Yeah. But the easy solve of like, there's this mystical cure for cancer that grows in this flower and where that's not in the book, but you know, whatever it is. Like, that's really easy, man. Okay. It's not that easy. I so. I thought a lot about, so, like, brief backstory, because I think we've talked about this at least once on the show, um, but essentially, you were very ill. You came to visit Chattanooga, where you're visiting now. Where <laughs> it kind of happened a lot like in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and you, ba- basically, I came to get you. Uh, we were at, going to a film festival, and I came to get you at your hotel room to pick you up to go. And you were clearly very, very scarily unwell um, and uh, get you to the hospital. And basically, if you had not gone to the hospital that weekend, you probably would not have left Chattanooga. That's that's the, the simplified. I don't know, 100, if I hadn't have gone in within the hour, I probably wouldn't have. Well, there's, there's, there's the, yeah, it's, it was a super dramatic thing. And, and you, you, that was it, right? That was almost it. And then, but we got you there and you're here today. How many, we were just talking about this. It's seven years ago. Seven years ago. And like, like right around now. Yep. Seven uh, years Seven ago. years and what's today? Seven years and 14 days ago. Oh, that's so crazy. And so, so I was thinking as I read the book, so Wong 
in this case is technically you as I'm reading it because that's what you do you bring yourself to the fiction you read because he's the one who actually has cancer right but strange is me because I get to be the hero but but really more than anything <laughs> maybe that's what I had the big problem <laughs> but yeah there I want to be the hero damn it <laughs> so but here's the thing the the reality of the situation is strange can't do anything he needs to get something from someone else to do something for his friend. Um, and it really feels like Strange gets agency in a situation where I had to sit in a waiting room and wait for your family to get there right. to take over because they can't talk to me. I'm not your family. Right. And and so, um, so I ended up really enjoying... Pulp, pulp storytelling, right, is usually about some sort of fantasy fulfillment. Like, you can hit the bad guy, you can kiss the dame, you can get the money, everything works out at the end. But I enjoyed, so what I enjoyed was the pulp adventure of trying to save your friend from cancer. Okay. Like, like it's, so it's not, it's not that I, I don't, I don't have like some hero complex about it. So when I say I'm Doctor Strange, like it's more like the, the fun fantasy is, the fun, Superman is created, Why? Why do, why do these two Jewish kids make Superman? Well, it was um, like an updated morality tale of from of uh, Moses from the Bible, right? And know. so, and then it is applied to like Hitler, right? Right. And and so the 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 fantasy you get to see through is these these little Jewish guys make like kids, like I call them kids because they're so young, and but but like these Jewish guys make Superman, and then they can make him punch Hitler. Like right. that's comic books. That is it right there for me. And and um. And for me, I'm reading this going like, I get to be Doctor Strange for a few issues because I am not Doctor Strange. And is I'm a dude who just like, I'm a doofus who was like, <laughs> who was annoyed with you when I came to your hotel room. <laughs> I was like, I want to go see this movie. And I can't because I got to go get this guy because he's not like responding really well. And like, and we're going to go some other movie and like, oh, well, what's going on? And I'm like texting my wife, like, I think I need to take him to the hospital. And she's like, you need to take him to the hospital. <laughs> and so I'm not Doctor Strange, like jumping into other dimensions and doing stuff. But you read a book like this, right? And I'm like, my friend had cancer and it was really scary. And we have to like, I have to get him in the car and the lady from the lobby has to get me a wheelchair and we got to wheel him down. And I'm like, lady, talk to him while I go get my car because we can't wait for an ambulance and we got to get him. And it's this whole thing that for, in terms of getting you to the hospital and getting it out of my hands, because it's all out of my hands. Right. It's like an hour, maybe, maybe. And then it's in their hands. And then I'm just trailing behind everybody else and waiting. But to read this pulpy and tone and style fantasy of working to save your friend like because you tell somebody like like you can simplify our story in a really fun way for me and go like yeah i saved his life yeah and then you just like you just look at people and like tell me more hero man and it's it's not that glamorous but you can say that and that's the story and i'm reading this going like it's another reason i like to ask vaughn what's the deal because maybe he didn't save him. like maybe, maybe the person isn't okay and this is a this is a response to that, right? Saga is a more as fanta- fantastical as it is. It's a more grounded in human reality. Yeah, way more nuanced. Yes. Too. Uh, granted, they have much more time to tell the to- the tale. Right. No editorial interference. Yep. Which I think definitely plays a part in his non-created, yeah, creator own stuff. No, I agree. And so with that, with Saga, you get the. The down, the downside of this: the person is sick and is terminal, and they do die. Right, and it is sad, and it's a tragic loss, and there's nothing that could be done. With here, he's he's playing in the Marvel sandbox to be like, but what if? Right, and I dug the hell out of that. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, like do your crazy spells. I love the funky like words and stuff. I love all that. It's great. The nonsense, I'm in for the nonsense. It, and Martin makes it look so fucking good. Yeah. Yep. And then when it's like a demon thing from the other dimension, I'm like, I don't know what any of that the, means. But yeah, I the crazy in. like cat demon thing. Yeah. Like I, I was like, that's a Spencer splash page right yeah. there. You can't hang it up because people will look at you like, what? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> like whose house am I? In? But you also can see in that 
splash the the creature creation some of the stuff that he's he's asking staples to do in saga so you're seeing ties to that work and then and then also in the end splash pages of each issue i'm also like that's a saga thing it's like but it's not a saga thing it's a vaughn thing it's because what i'm starting to do reading the stuff all together with in terms of his work is kind of go oh no it's a vaughn thing like it's not a saga thing this is a vaughn thing and staples at this point is the master of that partnership that I, that I've read, even thinking back to to why I think this is just such that relationship and saga is so m- perfect, but it's all Vaughn stuff. Like I'm excited to get back into why at some point and see like and just start tying little ribbons yeah. around connective tissue. But but for me, a, I, we picked a book to read that tied together with a movie coming out. But then I'm like, cancer's at the center of it one friend's about to die and the other's got to do something about it to keep him alive. And I'm like, we just picked a book about us. <laughs> we just picked a pulp version of what happened to us. Um, but I didn't yeah. know. Had you read this before now? Is this a reread for you or a first no, time? First time. I, I've too. owned the issues for probably since they came out. I mean, I have issue one since it came out, but that's what I do with Vaughn, right? I pick up issue one and then get right. the trades or whatever. Because eBay, I guess, but I don't. I've only done it one time. I still regret it. But, um, but it's amazing to me. It's weird. It's it's, and pick to read it literally, on the week or two weeks. Let's say within the month. Within the month of the anniversary. The anniversary of when that happened. And we end up being together, right? In Chattanooga, right? By happenstance really like it was gonna happen at some point right but the fact that it was happening this month was completely not up to either one of us yeah so it's just so yeah i i had you know i know you how many times you read the book before we talked about it i just read it once uh the few of the i think the middle two issues i read Mm -hmm. twice okay because there was such a gap in between when i read them i would i went back and reread them yeah um but yeah i just read it once all the way through so i I mean, for disclosure, I rarely read our stuff more than once. I try to read it as close to when we talk as I can. With the graphic novels, it's a little harder because of the timing. You right. mean, you've literally seen a 12-hour sample of my life, and you yeah. understand. No, I don't know when you have time to stop to pee. Right. So. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's usually right when I get in the door <laughs> and right before I go to sleep. Um, but but so I finished it this morning. I had one issue left, and I saved it for this morning because I was like, I don't want to be – that's how I can be as fresh as possible. I read most of it two days ago, more of it yesterday. I knew I would save the last issue for this morning and finished it this morning and um, to keep it as fresh as possible. But it was weird reading it, thinking like Logan's on his way here. I'm going to read this and have it finished before we record, but I will finish this while he's here. And as I'm reading, I'm like, this is a cancer story. We've picked a cancer book and we, and that's a huge defining part of our life. And, and it's also not, Cancer's not rare, unfortunately. And and I also like so I wonder I would love to hear from people who cancer has touched their life in some very personal way. If they read something like this and they have a reaction sort of like what you were talking about where the magic potion isn't gonna fix it. It's not that easy. Well and so in thinking about it as you're talking, also Wong is a very passive participant in yeah. his own salvation like he's always like i have to protect strange Mm -hmm. as i'm dying not like i have to help strange save my own damn life right so that was a little frustrating to read too it's just like wheeling you down the hallway and you couldn't do (laughs) it yeah but at some point i did become an active participant that's true true. (laughs) at some point you woke up and then you had to choose yes i agree no I, i definitely agree um i can see that i think that so i feel like there may be to to be more grounded and this could be like we only have this mini series and that's it. The editorial you were talking about, kind of control or input. This could have been an interesting book to say like, hey, we've done enough, but now Wong, you need to carry. Like we got the baton to you. Right. Now you need to carry it. That's an interesting, that's a 12 issue maxi series I would love to read. Issue right. four, you're not going to die if you choose not to die. What's your journey? And then the rest of it is eight issues of Wong surviving that sounds fantastic and yeah. i would want to read that and i would want to read vaughn do that book um so now I, I i still like what we got but i can't see this bigger version or more nuanced version yeah that you're pitching me very slowly with these rebuttals and thoughts i, I hate that something so simple derailed me on what really is not a bad book 
Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely, nothing you've said makes me feel like you think it's a bad book and it doesn't make me sway to bad. It does make me go, as typical with our conversations, there is a more nuanced approach to taking this book in and responding to it. Um, and I feel like you're adding layers to that. But I felt very personal reading it. I just really did. As goofy as some of the stuff is. And, I completely see that. And, and yeah. so I loved it from that level. I'm really glad we read it for this time period. We actually debated at the last second or at the, at the last, like when we announced this was our next one. Hey, if we do it, if we don't do it next, it could be kind of closer to the movie because we realized the timeline. And I'm really glad we didn't switch it just because yeah. we could have it at this moment in this time. And I will look back and un- like, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever, I will still look back and go, that's like a really weird kismet thing that happened where we read the oath, which ended up being about all this stuff that emotionally, if not logically, but emotionally relates to our life for yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't it worked out that we could be in the same room and, and talk about it and podcast and put out something together as, as the fruits of that friendship, many years later, we're doing a podcast and we're doing that. And it's like, I don't know, the book makes me think all that crap. And it's like, really, I liked it for that. I appreciated it for that. I, I mean, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's your experience. I hate yeah. that. It's not my experience. You know, that's, that's okay. That's, that's, that's what I think you bring to it though, is, is what this show is about is diving in critically to these books and saga becomes easier because we're breaking it down 22 pages and, we're kind of in a rhythm with that, but to step out of that bubble and to get these graphic novel chunks, I'm curious to see how things go as we do more of them and see if how we respond just to see how we look at it. Cause I feel like you are very good at when we are off the cuff in this way or more broader picture digging in and saying yeah. like, Hey, yes, I get the bigger picture there, Spencer, but did you think about this? You don't say it that way, but right. that's, but that's what happens. That's the, that's what ends up happening is you say something like, Oh wow. Didn't, didn't go there with it. But now that you say it, I can see it. And, um, yeah, anyway, interesting read made me think a lot of personal stuff. Really yeah. good. I mean, and I, I do think it's worth reading. Like yeah. and if you subscribe to the Marvel is it Marvel Unlimited? It is, yep. It's the whole series is on there. Yeah. So and you know, it looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah. So even if you don't read it, it's worth flipping through just to look at some of the, the big splash pages or yeah. even some of the little panel work. Like so I think if you pick up a modern book, there's so much background noise that mm-hmm. happens. Like it, it and good or bad, I think a lot of it falls on, like, this is Jim Lee's fault. Right. Because his backgrounds became so detailed. Yeah. Um, you know, and all those artists in the 90s, like, they all tried to start aping that. Uh, and he was influenced, of course, by people before that. But, like, if you go back and look at, like, Steve Ditko stuff, like, a lot of times there weren't any backgrounds at all in those. Right. It was just, like, a color palette on the background with somebody's face in it. Um, or if it, if it was Dr. Strange, he would do these like weird, uh, just like what, what, whatever kind of fucked up shape I can draw. Like psychedelic kind of stuff. In the background and just color it weird. And then I'll just, we'll just put Dr. I'll drew Dr. Strange's face over the top of it with some word bubbles. And like, it's a, it's a minimalistic kind of thing that Marcos Martin is able to do. And it looks fantastic. Like you don't feel like you could have added something else to this. Yeah. So, um, it's, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And I, I wish I loved it more. I got uh, one thing, one criticism that comes to mind is I got a little jumbled up at some point. We have a doctor who helped strange when he was injured, who was his friend, but didn't like him. Like knew he was unlikable, was nice to him. We had the bad guy who was not a bad guy when we met in his, when they first met, and the when strangers injured who becomes the bad guy then there was like the pharmaceutical team and there was brigand there's all these different people at play and i was like all these doctors are like the same person to me yeah there was like the one bat the one guy who was the patient who didn't yep. like and it was like it, it, so they were trying to weave this like mystery in there yes. of like who is the the big bad of the story right. and i got that but yeah. you're right it does not really work that well there's something in there's something to be said for the way 
uh, do you like the storyline Hush, the Batman storyline? I don't know if you've even read. I've read maybe half of it. Okay. So I'm going to spoil Hush, spoiler alert, for one of the biggest, most popular storylines of the last, like, 20 years or whatever. But, like, there's a whole mystery of, like, who is Hush, like, the whole time. And, like, it's this person, it's that person. And when it's revealed, it's kind of like, nope, it's this person. Here's the whole story. Boom. Like, it's just, like... And what this, I think it's somebody you've never met in the history of Batman lore. Yeah. And I I think that this would have worked well to be like, it doesn't really matter that mystery element. Here's the guy and here's two pages of what happened and why he is where he is. And I'd be like, I'm rolling with it. It's a comic book. It's Dr. Strange. The title lets me know I can just roll with it. It's not, it doesn't have to be, I don't know. I want to say Shakespeare, but like even something more convoluted than that. Like it doesn't have to be. That mysterious. He could just be like, "This is a bad guy. Here's his motivation. Cool." Sort of like the opening explanation of what the the arc is in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he yeah. just gets up on a chalkboard and goes, "Bop, bop, 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 bop." You got it. And he asks his buddies if, he, if or the people there if they've got it. But it's really asking the audience, like, "Do you, you understand what's I'm like?" Yeah, we got it. We're on. Just do that for me because yeah. I did definitely was like, "Wait a minute, which one of these guys is the guy?" <laughs> like I know who like. And then, like, and they then they have to speak to it. You have to spend real estate speaking to like, I couldn't save your hands, and I couldn't like, oh, it's that one, and like, okay, I'm putting in. It's not that it's confusing; it's just distracting. So it it kind of gives a lot of people, me included, shit on uh, seven for the fact that it's a quote mystery movie where you never, you couldn't solve it because literally he's never there. Until he's never there. Yeah. Like, there was no way you, uh, you'd have been sh- guessing in the dark right. to know that that's who was going to turn out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, so, but the flip side of that is instead of wasting all this time trying to figure out who the bad guy is, you're invested in who these characters are, mm-hmm. which is kind of the point. Yeah. Um, you know, so some a better approach, like something like that would have been a better approach. The, the question that is asked of to Brigand, the hired gun, is... Which we haven't talked enough about him. We'll, we'll come back. To, we'll, we'll use this to spring into him then. But the question that he keeps getting asked him is, who sent you, basically? Right. And, and I think it would have been better to be like, just be like, but where's the potion? Where is the thing? Right. You change it from who sent you to where's the thing, and then all we care about is the MacGuffin. Let's get right. to the thing. And that's, that's very, like, Hitchcock. That's what he did. It's like, you don't worry about the who, it's the what. Go after the what. And I think then you eliminate some of that. And the need to explain the who it is diminished because we're not – the characters aren't focused on the who. It's the what. And I think that's the that's the wrong doctor, right? She's been Doctor Who the whole time and not Doctor Strange. And then it would have made more sense. <laughs> but but so – but I think that if he had, they had chased that rabbit towards the potion more, then you don't have the narrative need – to answer the who so much and you don't spend like you said real estate setting up something that ultimately just really doesn't matter you know like the patient thing it does illustrate the strange as an asshole Mm -hmm. but like you did that in the first like two pages yeah you know even his interaction with night with his interactions with night nurse early on it's all there he's such a jerk yeah you know (laughs) yeah it would have been kind of fun to just be like they, he's a jerk to her. Long rolls his eyeballs and be like he grows on you, and then they he does, right. and then like there you go. Um, so good. Talk to me about Brigham. What are your? We haven't talked about him so enough. I meant to look it up and I didn't. Okay. If this is an original creation, so you can probably Google it. So if it's not, then this is a, I think highly underused character uh-huh. in Marvel lore. If it's an original creation then I feel like I know why he wasn't continually used in Marvel lore because he was locked it, away in his memories. Well, then it becomes a whole thing of like, well, now we have to pay him because he's become a bigger character. Um, although apparently royalty rights are almost non-existent these days. Um, but I, I just loved the, this guy that, like, I mean, you've got Hitler's gun. Like what? <laughs> like what the hell is this? So he is original to the oath. Okay. Um, and it looks like on a quick Google as we're talking, um, only in uh, in this book. Yeah. 
and never again. Ever. I just thought it was a lot of fun. I agree. I, I the okay. I so love, often you get a bad guy, you can legitimately just be like, "Fuck this dude." Yeah. You know, like which is great. You want your bad guys to have yeah. like that kind of blurry line, but it's fun to have a bad guy that's just like. Just fucking take him out, man. Yep. <laughs> like somebody killed this guy. And and it's with the tone you're using too. It's not like he is awful and he must be defeated. Like no, he's just kind of a jerk and he's just bad. Like just like get rid of him. The swat him like the fly that he is. Yeah. Um. I love the Hitler's gun thing. That there's a, a silver bullet in Hitler's gun that he used to kill himself is such a powerful omen of evil that it can penetrate magic is a clever thing yeah that i really like there's a moment where that i feel like is wasted on not uh, it's a fine story but sure. it's such a great concept it's yeah. wasted in a story that most people probably won't ever read so he turned so strange in the end because he shoots like this demon thing with it and then he's like i'll never use one of these again and he turns the gun into fireflies and immediately i had this picture when marvel always like tries to tie everything at some point they need to do a Doctor Strange story that starts with somebody with a jar of fireflies. And, like, they bring Hitler's gun back, and this is how they're going to execute all the magical, the mystics of the Marvel Universe or whatever. But I thought that was such a good device and so clever. I don't... I, I, I agree with you on your take when you say... The problem is that not many people will ever read this. It's a miniseries set outside. I mean, it's not out of continuity. Right. Because nothing happens in it that negates continuity. Right. But it is just a miniseries that Doctor Strange diehards will have. But yeah. you're never going to like, oh, I love Doctor Strange because I love the movies. Go pick up a bunch of old Doctor Strange books and happen across this story. Right. Because it's not in that linear yeah, you know, telling of the Doctor Strange, story. and it would be at the back of the box in the miniseries part of the right. Doctor Strange stuff, so yeah. you wouldn't get to it. And it's Vaughn, so Vaughn people like us have picked it up, and I agree. Um, I think, and so, so yeah, so I agree with that element that like this is awesome, you know, magical item tool, and it's not going to be a thing. Because that's not great. Because it is so good. It's I, I really liked, I've mentioned this to you in the past, not on this podcast, but in the past that there's a series that ran at DC. It may still be go ongoing, but it ran with a certain creative team that I enjoyed um, more, most recently, uh, Justice League Dark. And then they rebooted it and they did a number one. And they started and I read like 30 issues of it or so. And I really, really enjoyed it. But it has a lot of stuff like this in it. And I'm like, that's why I like this book so much. Like, the characters are fine because they're all kind of B-grade characters. Constantine comes in a little bit, and I don't know if you'd really call him an A-grade character anyway, but depending on your take on him, you right. might. But Wonder Woman is in and out of the book. She's the most, like, big character that's in it. But the rest of it, it's mostly, like, Constantine, but Zatanna and, like, the monkey that talks with the detective, like... the Detective troll, chimp. Detective, yeah, detective chimp. And, like, all the... Uh, Blue Devil's in it, too. Right? Yep. Yeah. And so I all that stuff that is super fun, and it's really good, and they can play with these, like, the sword of King Arthur's legend, blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't... It's all dumb. But it all works really well because it's silly hitler's gun that he killed himself with with a silver bullet is the most magical weapon like that's so it, silly it's also the kind of shit that mike mignola yeah with hellboy is so good yeah, at absolutely. like it, and as ridiculous as some of those things sound like they're able to make it important and also still be ridiculous so uh, yeah you know i'm with you i love stuff yeah. like that and I, it's not thrown away, but it does feel like just something that's never going to be really yeah. brought back up again. A Marvel, you know? call me Jar of Fireflies. <laughs> it's a great opening panel. I'm just saying, you open the fireflies out, and they come out, and there's some crazy I mean, gibberish, and then it so turns to Vaughn, a gun. Vaughn's going to wrap up Saga at some point, right? Like, yeah. You know, he still has a, a, work, a relationship with Marcos Martin because of yeah. a panel syndicate. Like, they're yeah. in that together. So, you know, like... Yeah, like let's get them back on a Marvel Doctor Strange story and let's revisit all of this, you know. I'm in. So like you can take my idea, guys. It's the, this is I could see the first panels, the fireflies in the jar, slowly twisted off over panels. They fly out, gobbledygook words, form a gun, the beginning. And then somebody just starts I like this 
I, they just did a d- death of Doctor Strange arc. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe maybe wait. It was know, this his year to die? Every year they do yeah, a death to somebody. Yeah. Okay. So, but just this idea of like somebody like you. Do you remember the Midnight Suns stuff in Marvel in the nineties? Doctor mm-hmm. Strange, Ghost Rider, Blade. Okay, um, I know. Yes, the Night Stalker. I didn't read any um, of them. It was very nineties. Yeah. Like, but the idea that somebody has this mystical gun yeah. that is now going around like assassinating those people yeah and and having to like yeah it's that sounds fun that sounds like a lot of fun you know there's a batman series or it's not batman there's a batman series that does this but the but the elseworlds thing they do in dc where they can just do whatever they want to do it's like batman's a knight batman's a this whatever i love all that stuff and i just wish i wish they would all just fully embrace it and just be like look the story is the story. Yeah, like, yeah, that's all that matters at this point because they're so they're all so iconic and and the movies for for a whole new generation are the story now are the continuity. Like my kid has seen now all the almost all the Marvel movies. He's seen through Endgame, um, and and he like that's he knows the story and that will be when he gets more into comic books. And we've already had a few discussions, but you've spent a lot of time with my son in the last day. You can believe it. Well, that's not how it happens in the in the movies. Yeah. Like, but it used to be that's not how it happened in the books. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Like that is not the future of these, these books. Yeah. Like our generation and the guys older than us that are angry online about it. Hashtag are, are like, they, they're, they're, they don't own this anymore. They feel like they do, but they don't. don't. My kid does. And, and his kids will be even further removed from that. And I think comics will still exist. I'm not talking like doom saying, but I'm just saying like the continuity piece that's changed. That yeah. whole game has changed. People are going to have games like no, my game, my the, my Avengers game that they made last year. Like that's my storyline. Oh, that Spider Man game on PS4. Like, I mean, that story is incredible. Yes, man. and and now they have the Miles sequel, and they're going to make another book into another the Spider Verse. Like, yes, I mean he dies. <laughs> oh, and and so and now with the multiverse stuff, kind of bringing it back to Doctor Strange a little bit, just in the multiverse stuff is becoming so common. Star Trek's doing it. This has done it. There's like a new movie that's out right now that's just about this and it has nothing to do with superheroes, but it's all a multiverse movie. Star Wars will come back to it. I, yeah, I think... 100%. Yeah. I, I There's... There's a whole other podcast about... my. I feel there are hints to that more and more in some of the books um, and about legends and, and the continuity anyway i yeah i agree and so the world between worlds is the the escape hatch and so um anyway uh watch star wars rebels if you haven't it's great star wars um so but i think that that so bright my kitchen light just turned on and it was like what's happening (laughs) um but i think that they oh hi wife and baby look at the baby logan Uh, my cute baby uh... is being shaken Against hospital orders. <laughs> That's on a... So I'm looking. The baby is not being shaken. I want joke. to clarify. It it's a great joke. Unless something tragic ever happens. And there's a recording online of you going, she's shaking the baby. Yeah, like, it, no. No, she fun. wasn't. Um, okay, so... Um, gosh. We're, oh, so so I say the, the, the future of... The future readers are going to be well-versed in multiversal storytelling, which gives you permission to break continuity every single issue, every single storyline, and then you go, different universe. And then you can take Hitler's gun, yeah. right? They killed it in this book. Right. If you don't want to do my bring back, do a different storyline, and Hitler's gun hasn't been turned to fireflies. Yeah. I mean, and and I feel like I wish all comics in the, in the big two would we'll just go that way. I I agree. So I there will always be the people that need the continuity and yeah. that's fine. You have the regular book. Yeah. Like the monthly book. But the spin-offs and miniseries that also then also tie into the monthly book. Mm-hmm. No, you've got get away from that. Give mm-hmm. me just the miniseries that's self-contained. Like if if the writer wants Batman to die or Doctor Strange to die or whatever, Doctor Strange to be evil. Like then just let it be that. Yep. Let it be that this story has nothing to do with those other stories. This is a different take. This is, yeah, and and yeah, it would be great. And stuff like this would matter more yeah. if people embraced it more. Yeah, and I, you know, I think what you're saying too, like the spinoffs and all the stuff. Gosh, so I my 
a friend of mine, and we know you know about this, gives me boxes of comic books after he's read them through and he's collected a few boxes and he'll just give them to me. I used to pay him like 50 bucks for them and he's like, no, just take it, just get them out of my house. And I go through that stuff and he's one of those guys who gets like every spinoff issue. But I'm like, like, there's a whole miniseries in here I never knew existed, but it was a spinoff of some other big thing that happened that really has no effect on anything else, but it's like seven issues and it has to do with Thor's blah, 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 blah. And it's from some, like, War of the Realms crossover. I'm like, God, that's, like, seven or eight issues you could just, like, give to someone else to do anything with. Right. And and so why not? Because if you get something that pops, if if you think about the – it's sort of like the old model of making movies. We can make a bunch of smaller movies, and something's going to pop and be, like, a big hit, and it's going to pay for all these things that existed. But say you make the oath, and the oath doesn't have to be beholden to anything editorially – and it pops. Now this five-issue series is a graphic novel that's getting reprinted in hardback and deluxe editions and absolute editions, and people love it, and it has a legacy of money-making and story-sharing, and that pays for a bunch of other stuff that it wasn't quite as successful, successful, but it tried. I think what you're describing is uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I had to think about it. Absolutely. Yes, and those can happen, but they have to have a platform to happen. And which they backdoored into being actual continuity. Just hit which me is so in the head. Fucking stupid. I just don't like it. But I mean, it's like backdooring Watchmen into being some kind of DC continuity, which they also did. Yeah. But that's what you're describing, something yep. outside of. And what's funny is that used to work. Not, mm-hmm. not on the big level that they always wanted it to, mm-hmm. but before we were in this golden age of comic book adaptations. Mm-hmm. People talked about the dark Knight Like people talk about fucking Shakespeare. What, t- so, okay. Hypothetical. Then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up in a second. But so hypothetical, who, what do you have? A, who is one of your very favorite writers? That's not Brian K. Vaughn. Comic books. Yeah. Um, Garth Ennis. Okay. Garth Ennis. Who's one of your favorite artists that he's not worked with that you would love to see them pair up um, and make it fantastical? Uh, I can only think of people that are dead. Okay. Okay. I'll give you one. I'll, you gave the, I'll, I'll uh, contribute. So Garth Ennis, I would love to see Alex Ross work with oh, Garth Ennis. God. Okay. Crazy realism, but all this insane hyper-violence. Like hyper-violence and, like, and yeah. just... Uh, Utter, yeah. Make 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 the Star Spangled uh, artist go grungy and dark. Yeah. Just and not because I need everything to be dark, but because that would be so interesting to see him experiment in a different form. Well, Alex Ross is a really busy guy. Garth Ennis is very like famous, and he has kind of his own lane. But what if Marvel was allowed, based on the way the economy of comics work, to be like, hey, any character, any story, six issues, carte blanche, do whatever you want. That's the kind of stuff in the world that I'm picturing that is much easier to have happen. I mean, Garth Ennis writing, uh, well, I'm trying to think of something Alex Ross doesn't normally draw. I was thinking Garth Ennis writing Captain America drawn by Alex Ross is yeah. fucking insane. But yeah. like a character that Alex Ross, look, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But yeah, something <laughs> like that. A grim and gritty Captain America book drawn super realistic, yeah, painted. Yep. And yeah, that sounds fantastic. So anyway, so that's Doctor Strange: The Oath has inspired me to say we need more multiverse in the comics and not have to worry about continuity as much. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, any last thoughts on Doctor Strange: The Oath? Um, what's your favorite panel? My favorite panel is the one I showed you the the Frank quietly looking end of chapter two. Yeah. Um, Night Nurse and Brigand holding the gun, the Hitler pistol yeah to uh to night nurse i just I, the the quietly reminder the pulpy look of it the art is really good uh just love that so it might take me a second to find mine i want to say it was in the third issue also the covers the covers for this book were yeah absolutely incredible uh shoot i should have been looking while we were talking so i could you're good you're good it's funny that we have this whole thing and you and I are half the time halfway prepared for this segment. <laughs> oh, man. I'll know it when I see it. 
I do like the fight scene in the rain. I thought it was really, it's very cinematic. <laughs> they like on the roof, yeah, and and then all of a sudden it just starts raining. Um, oh, because we're talking about the gun, yeah. Strange with the gun, with the. Like, I, I don't like yeah, pointed up, pointed yeah, up, dividing. I don't, I don't know why I just the western it. pose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Doctor Strange is a gunfighter. It's just so good. No, that's awesome. But there's a lot of great. Like anytime he does, uh, Martin does the Doctor Strange doing the uh, the hand stuff or any of the magical stuff. It's always it's all just so good. Yeah. So no, I agree. Yeah. I think my overall thoughts on the book sort of stand. It's a pulpy adventure. It reminded me of some personal stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, and, and I enjoyed reading. It's a, it's a brisk read. It's fun. I definitely recommend it. The Mar- be, it being on Marvel Unlimited, I'm like, yeah, that's the way to do it. You don't have to spend oh, yeah. time trying to find the issues. Yeah. Just go on there and, and check it out. They do like free month trials too. So if you've never checked it out, you should get Marvel Unlimited and take a look. And, yeah, it's 60 bucks a year and you have access to it's a lot. A lot. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, so, Logan, where can people find more of you on the Internet? Uh, over at xwingfiles.com. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Film Dispenser. It's like a Pez dispenser for movies. Um, and uh, please rate and review us on whatever podcast, uh, what's the podcast? Podcatcher. Podcatcher. That yeah. you are using out there in the world. We appreciate it. And if it's a mean review, that's fine as long as you give us five, five stars. stars. And we will read it here uh, out loud. So make us say terrible things. And um, my kid is doing sign language at us, and I love it. And so we're going to go hang out with him. I thought he was doing the Doctor Strange thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's sign language for I love you. Um, And so, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Next week we will be back with issue 13 13. of Saga. I'm very pumped for that. So thank you very much for listening to our our break podcast, and we'll be back to Saga next week. Uh-huh.